I hope that you find the following mental health podcast helpful, but please do bear in mind that myself and any others featuring have no mental health qualifications, and we are not medically trained. Therefore, it should be taken as non-professional advice only. Hello and welcome to You Don't Have to Be Alone, the podcast all about mental health and people's experiences with it. So um, I've decided that what I'm going to do going forward with the podcast is have a couple of different um, series running alongside each other. So um, in one episode, um, you'll have me talking about my, um, I guess, my life story, especially around my own mental illness. Um, In another, um, I want to be um, answering some of your questions and um, I will give um, a link down below on how to do that um, and I'll talk about that a little bit later as well um, and I also want to um, try and focus in on getting a few more guests into the podcast and um, sort of running with that as a, another thing alongside and um, I will be naming episodes going forward so that it will be easy to recognize what is what um, so, so this week, um, I want to uh, start um, my series, which I'm going to be calling My Battle, which will be um, just my um, life story. I'm splitting it into parts, in small segments, because um, it's going to mean that I get into some quite deep topics. And although one week you might find it's not so deep and another week it will be, or however that goes um, there will be some that are so deep that they deserve uh, more of my time um, to focus in on that area because I don't just want to tell my story I also want to be able to um, sort of relate that a little bit and to talk about how um, how I've dealt with things and how it change how certain things change my mindset so uh yeah without further ado let's let's get into it so um yeah my my life story um i sort of started in the first episode of this podcast actually sort of talking about um what it was like before i had mental illness and um just that i didn't really believe in it it was well, I I believed in mental illness, but it kind of wasn't something I was interested in. Didn't take any sort of note of it. It wasn't. Um, I guess I didn't ever realise the full extent of what mental mental illness was, or how to deal with it, or how it could affect my life. Um, in some ways, actually, I thought I was sort of immune to it. I was like, yeah, that's that's a thing that other people deal with, and you know what, I'm fine, This that's not something I'm going to ever have to contend with. I, I just thought it, it wasn't something that I was ever going to really get hit by or affected by. Um, I didn't think it was, um, you know, I, I thought other people maybe dealt with it. I thought maybe people, if I'm honest, were maybe pushing it to the extreme and asking for sympathy votes. Um, but the the reality of it is quite different, and I know that now. Um, but as I said, I, I talked about that in my first um, episode of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, go back now and listen to that because um, 
yeah, I, I don't want to dwell on that too much, seeing as I already have done. So, yeah, um, I guess starting my story, um, really, if you sort of want to, this, this week's more like a precursor. Like seeing where I'm, where I actually came from. So, um, grew up fairly happy. Um, I have parents that love me. Um, can't fault. Well, I can fault them. I mean, who can't fault their parents in some way, shape, or form? I'm sure my kids will fault me. But, um, but no, I I, I grew up happy enough that, um, you know, I I didn't hold any. I don't hold any like massive. Um, grudges against my parents for the way they parented me. I know they were doing the best job they can, and um, actually, I I was brought up um, probably a lot better than a lot of other people were, and you know I know that, and I was really fortunate in that, and you know I'm really happy that that is actually the upbringing I had, and um, you know if ever there was something um, wrong, um, sort of mentally, physically, then you know, my family were there to support me in that, and, um, you know, that, I, I suppose in some ways that might be why it wasn't till later on in life that actually mental illness really caught hold, because, you know, something that I, I talk about here a lot is talking helps, and actually having people around you that care and want to hear um, your problems, that, that actually helps, and that, that, can sometimes be a preventative measure. I, I'm not saying that there won't ever be a situation in which, you know, you have a support network and there won't be a situation that does push you over that edge. But I do believe that it does help to have um, that sort of talking in place. So yeah, I was really lucky in that in that sense. And um, yeah, I mean, I I grew up and um, I got married fairly young. And um, I had a family really young as well, actually. Um, you know, I was 20 when when my first child was born. And I didn't, I guess in my head, I always, plan, I always thought and planned that I was going to explore the world. I was going to do all these amazing things. I was going to see different places and was going to do um, really like great things with my life that um kind of looking back now probably couldn't involve a family because they were so extreme um it, it was never going to work with a family and it still won't work with a family and but you know my my plans changed I, it didn't bother me um you know i the truth of the matter is i love my wife and that that's why um I married her. That's why um, I settled down with her. I had kids with her because I love her, and I and by extension, I love my kids. And yeah, that goes. I guess unless you're in that situation, you never quite comprehend actually what what that means. That yeah, your plans can change, and you don't give a monkeys that your plans are changing because of the love you have for certain people and certain um yeah well, certain family members or friends or whatever you know plans can change because you've got that because you've got something that fixes you in 
and you won't care. It will be um, almost a relief. And yeah, I I mean, I was, um, I had a fairly okay-ish job back then. It wasn't well paid, it wasn't underpaid. Um, and um, that job um, made me redundant. And I, I wasn't too bothered about being made redundant. I think I always had this sort of roll with the punches type attitude and, you know, sort of just got on with it. Um, but it then took me ages to find work. And when I did find work, it was always temporary. It would last a couple of weeks, maybe a month at most, and then I'd move on to it and then I'd have to move on and find something else. And I'd be sort of weeks or months before I'd find something else. And um, yeah, it just felt really gutting and really like, I don't know. I, I always feel like I'm born to work and I wanted to work. I wanted to be able to support my family um without sort of being subsidized by by the taxpayer and you know i i really wanted to to just sort of step out of that and and to just find something that i could do i mean i i'm not brilliantly business minded i didn't really have any ideas of what i could do in order to run a business um so i didn't do that it wasn't even something that i thought of if i was honest um, and that it's at that point that I was starting to get really down. I really felt like I was failing my family. And, um, as a result, um, I remember going to the doctors. I can't remember why actually, but, um, I went to the doctor because of some reason or another, and they said, you know what, you, you are, I believe you've got mild depression um, and I was a bit like oh okay yeah whatever I'll get on with it you know no problem um, and I mean looking back I think he was right there was a mild form of depression there I mean I've been a lot worse since um, but yeah there was a sort of um, part of me that was down in the dumps I guess I think the um, the definition according to the World Health Organization of um, of depression of um, clinical depression is depression that lasts for I think it's three or more weeks don't quote me entirely so yeah in in theory yeah I had been feeling low in mood for that long and that's what caused me to to sort of have this diagnose, a diagnosis of a mild depression and um, you know I I sort of just carried on and um, it sort of hung over me whilst I was going through these various different workplaces sort of in a you know small temporary way um, I, I found a job uh, driving delivery vans um, for a while and that was sort of permanent but it was only part-time so you know, it wasn't really helping us all that greatly financially. In fact, it, it meant that I think we were like £20 better off a week. Um, and even then, most of that um, was still not coming from work. Most of that was still coming from the taxpayer. And it felt 
awful. Like, you know what, I'm I'm working now and I'm I'm still having to rely on others to keep me going. Um I didn't I didn't like that one bit. Um and yeah, um I was there for I think eight weeks in the end. Um and it was sort of like okay, I need to carry on looking for work, but this is gonna tide me over for now. I I can stay here. It was a permanent job, I could have stayed there for a lot longer. Um, but because it's easier to move from a job to a job than it is to move from unemployment to a job. Actually, that eight weeks in that permanent job that I could put down as this is what I do meant that um, other companies were more willing to take an interest. And I applied to a bus company. Um, I couldn't drive a bus, never had done in the past. Sounded like fun. Um and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll take you on. Um, and they, they took me on and trained me over the course of six weeks to, well, in fact, it was the course of four weeks in the end to drive a bus. Um, so it's sort of intensive. You know, every day you went to work and you were learning um, how to do the job, how to actually drive a bus and how to... Um, sort of like all the theory that goes into that because there is actually a lot of theory you'd be surprised how much theory is behind it there's um to actually get that license you need to pass five different tests and three of those are theory tests um and one of those practical tests is actually um you kind of have to do like a walk around and you know if there was an immigrant that was going to be hiding on your bus they'd be hiding under that seat or in the engine bay at the back here you know that's that's sort of like the the you know, you're given a scenario and you have to carry it out uh, without actually driving it but yeah so so yeah that's all of that sort of studying you have to go through before you get that license um so yeah i've done that um and it was looking up i i had this job and i was really happy in this job and i was you know i i carried on working that job it was it was it sort of became a part of me in a sense because it was like you know you know how often your job becomes a part of you if someone wants to know about you something they'll ask to begin with is what you do um and i would very proudly say i'm a bus driver um even though a lot of people don't particularly like bus drivers because in general bus drivers are a grumpy bunch um but no, I I really enjoyed my job and I, I got on with it and I kind of at that point left that depression behind me because I now felt like I was working in society. I now felt like I was providing for my kids. I was providing for my wife. I was providing for my family and I, I felt good about it. And I guess the point of this part of my story when i look back is actually it was a point that just because you don't feel like mental health is something for you doesn't mean you're immune i was suffering very mildly at that point in time and looking back i know that now and you know i didn't really seek out help um if it carried on maybe i'd have become 10 times worse who knows but 
the point is it didn't carry on i i spent two years of my life rolling with the punches before this job came along so between becoming redundant from my from one permanent job to getting into another one i took two years it took two years to get that far and um it really really did hit me hard um but i managed to carry on i think the focus of having a young family helped but it was also that not being able to provide for them that also made me take that dip so i i don't know how it is i managed to get through that time without getting a hundred times worse but I think time is a big factor. For me, two years seems like a long time, but it's also a very short time. And, you know, I, I got through it. We, me and my family got through it. And, but the point is I wasn't immune to it. It was still starting. It was there, it was building. And I think it would have built to a higher level. And I just wanted to ignore it. I wanted to get on with it and... In hindsight, I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, the point is that if it's, whether it's two, three weeks, it's it's a ridiculously low number. It's all it takes before you can be diagnosed with a clinical depression. Then maybe it's time to stay, take stock. How long have you been feeling low? If If you've been feeling low, how long have you been feeling low? Has it been a couple of days? Has it been a couple of weeks? Have you talked to anyone about it? You know, I, I heard a horrid fact the other day that it takes 10 years for the average person with depression to reach out to somebody. That's 10 years too long. And not only is it 10 years too long, not everyone is going to make it 10 years. So if that's you, if you're not reaching out to someone, if you've been feeling even marginally low recently, then as I said at the start of this, you know, I had a family to talk to and I think that kept me going well throughout my child, teenage years. Please, if it is you, then please find someone to talk to. And if it's not you, then could I just encourage you that you reach out to a friend at some point um, in the coming week or however long and just ask one simple question. How are you doing? I mean it. Don't, and when they go, yeah, I'm all right. Go, no, I mean it. How are you really doing? Actually try and get to the root of how people are doing. That would be my encouragement to you. And, you know, it's something I don't even do nearly enough. I'm not, I'm not trying to be all high and mighty here and say, you know, you need to, you need to do this because, you know, I'm doing it all the time. No, no, no. This is a challenge to myself as much as it is to you. Let's reach out to people. Let's ask how they're doing. Let's see how um, we can help uh, those around us. So that's the end of the story, but there's still a few things I want to talk about. 
or this part of the story I'm going to do a part two um, at some point soon a few things I want to talk about and uh, the first first thing is that um, I have joined an app called Wisdom which allows um, anyone to ask me questions and get an audio response um, so this is the way I want to go forward and do a series and answering questions um, and the app even generates some questions anyway so you know I, at least it, it will give me some form of content um, but I'm posting a link down below in the description to go and ask me a question it's completely anonymous you won't be um, it won't have your name on there at all and um, I'll I get to give a voice response which goes live on the wisdom platform and then I can also download that and put it onto my own podcast which I will be doing I'll be sort of doing some short episodes here and there with just a few questions that have been asked and my answers to them you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, actually just to be open and honest um, with you about myself um, and that is that I very almost started um, a podcast or an episode of this podcast a few days ago and I didn't even know what I wanted to say um, but I did know what my opening line would be and uh, that was going to be I am not okay and you know I'm I'm being open here because I feel like if I can't be open then there's no reason any of you listeners that also have problems should be open so you know I'm, I'm just sort of putting it out there I honestly don't know why I wasn't feeling great I, I don't know why I was not okay I think I'd had a stressful day um, there was lots going on I had you know lots of demands on me um, and a lot of things I needed to do and I was almost at a point where I just didn't want to take it anymore um, almost at a point of just sort of shutting myself away and not dealing with anything um, I didn't get to that point luckily but you know I was really feeling it I was really just finding things difficult and you know I, I just wanted to be able to share that be open that you know not every day even even now for me is great and you know I, I just need almost for myself as much as you to be able to share that um, to be able to tell you how things have been how they're going so yeah that's that's that um, but you know not to end this on a downer so um, yeah again please reach out on um, wisdom um, link will be in the description in order to um, ask those questions um, and I will be um, trying to answer those sort of as they come in um, but also 
Um, I'll be, I don't know whether I'll put them all on here, but I will be picking and choosing some of those um, every so often to um, sort of have a short episode of You Don't Have To Be Alone as well. So yeah, please get in contact. Um, I'm also at the end of the podcast as with every episode. There will be other ways of getting in contact if you want to talk to me directly, if you um, have your own stories to share then please please get in contact um, using those details and I will see you in the next episode thanks for listening you have been listening to you don't have to be alone if you'd like to get in contact then please search for me on instagram at not alone podcast on Facebook at You Are Not Alone Podcast or simply email me at notalonepodcast at hotmail.com. That is notalonepodcast, all one word, at hotmail.com. See you next time.